Welcome back to the Modern Real Estate Agents with Johnny and Lizzie Phillips. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today's an exciting day. Yeah, we're excited for today. We've got good stuff. We've got an interview. We're about to start in just a minute, but we're going to get it out of the way. Okay, but first. (laughs) For those of you who listened to the very end of the last episode, you knew this was coming. And good job for you because that was a little bit of a hot mess. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was garbage. Sorry about that, guys. No, I was just going. It was a long episode, and Johnny was apparently drinking the whole time. So you do what you got to do some days. Who knew? But we are super excited to announce that we are doing a giveaway. Yes, a giveaway, guys. It has happened. We are going into our pockets and yeah. putting that money into your pockets. Yeah. Um, so. How it's going to work is, and really, okay, so let me preface this with, we really want to do this because we want to get to know you guys. We want to connect with you guys. And so this gives us a way to do that because we've loved connecting with the people who've messaged us thus far. It's been really great. We get emails and messages from listeners and it's just so much fun. Yeah, we love it. So that's just super selfish of us that we want to get to know you guys better. Whatever, yeah. (laughs) But what we're going to do is between now and the end of February, so the whole month of February, if you rate and review the podcast on iTunes, is that what it is? I guess that's yes, podcast, iTunes, iTunes podcast, yes. Apple podcast, whatever it's called mm-hmm. on Apple um, and rate and review us and then DM me on Instagram your like name that you wrote the review with. That way I can connect with you guys and we can get the name of your username to make sure you actually did what we told you to do. And then you will be entered in to potentially win a $150 Amazon gift card. Woot, woot. Because we know Amazon is life. <laughs> it is. Prime and is life. let's give you guys what you actually need. Yes. So again, uh, we are looking for a review and um, a rating on podcast. Yeah. On and the podcast. so my Instagram handle is at... Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-Y, Grace, G-R-A-C-E, Phillips, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. <laughs> That's a mouthful. And we will put this all in the show notes so you guys can just go click there when you're done driving or doing whatever you need to right? do. Right, yes. So you can go in and leave us a review. We would love to hear from you guys. And, you know, in your review, you can, you know, talk about what we've done to help you. We love to know yes. that what we're doing is actually worthwhile. <laughs> and if there's something you want to hear us talk about, let us know. Yeah. We want to know. Yeah. So with that, we are going to jump into today's podcast and yes. we're super excited about it. Okay, guys. Let's go. Welcome back to the Modern Real Estate Agents. We are doing a guest interview podcast today and we're super excited. Guys, I could not be more excited about our interview today. This is a individual that I know for from a long time. He probably doesn't even remember. Uh, <laughs> we were in Boy Scouts together. Okay. Like, is way, that really? I did yeah. not know how y'all knew each other. That's so funny. Well, it was, yeah, we went to high school oh, together. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, I was thinking about uh, prepping during this podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember sitting in a van. It was like a church van uh, in like Cub Scouts. And we were talking about whether or not your family is the Oakleys of the uh, sunglasses. I remember <laughs> having this conversation. How life would be different, right? <laughs> 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 so we have Jesse Oakley here today. Right. There's the Oakley part. <laughs> yeah, there now, it is. Now, um, Jesse Oakley, everybody, is... Um, I guess a Gainesville native, uh, now in D.C., 
and he is just a boss up there in real estate. He's a three-time best of Washington realtor, which I really want to get into that. Um, he started, or he's worked for National Geographic and the Department of the Interior. You really did some creepy stalking, Johnny. I mean, you got to know. <laughs> and, oh, it's not creepy yet. He just had a birthday. Now it's creepy. There it is. There it is. Nothing like being middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, Jesse, how did you go from National Geographic and the Department of the Interior to real estate? First of all, you know, when I moved to uh, D.C. after college, I went to the University of Georgia, and I was awarded a scholarship with National Geographic and National Geographic is on 17th street here in downtown DC. And I started working there for a little while. I liked the experience and I became a contractor uh, with them for a little while. And then long story short, I started working for Mount Vernon, the ladies association. So Mount Vernon is George Washington's home. And I, was their land conservation and land use planner with the Akakeek Foundation in Mount Vernon Estate. So I preserved the view shed of Mount Vernon across the Potomac River into Maryland. And that was that was a great experience. And but I had to have my real estate license in the state of Maryland. And that's how I really got into real estate. And then I I started working for the Department of Interior, specifically the Fish and Wildlife Service. Uh, which is, you know, in the Department of Interior and was helping them with mapping and land use planning around refuges no way. and helping to identify the specific location of some endangered species, uh, specifically was in Chicago. So I, when I was in Chicago working there, I did that. And then I came back to DC, but I had my real estate license the whole time and I was working in land use and land planning and and uh, kind of brokering that that kind of arrangement between the two, uh, private and and public. That's really cool. cool. So you are always working in land somehow. Somehow, I've always been involved with land and and property. <laughs> so, but I had my license. I kept active, and I I decided to go out on my own and uh, start real estate. And I was with Keller Williams for a while. Well, I first started with Coldwell Banker. Uh, on uh, 17th Street, just up the street from <laughs> National Geographic. And then I uh, stayed on, went to Keller Williams and worked with a great team called the Bidis Group, which is uh, still around in DC, and then founded my own team at Compass. Now you have your own team. And I, I tried to find out, do you have other team members that you're working with? I, I couldn't find anyone. So actually, uh, we are in the process of hiring a buyer's agent and a marketing specialist. But right now, I actually hired my father. Do you remember Big Will? He uh, he retired. <laughs> yeah, he retired uh, with my mother in Old Town Alexandria, which is about twenty minutes away. And nice. and he got his real estate license, so he kind of he helps out with showings and. He's, you know, he owned a construction company for 30 years, so he's got great experience and talking with clients about what's the making uh, complicated construction uh, projects and things like that a little bit more manageable and easy to talk to a client about. So he's really, That's really fantastic. great. He's a really great asset for the Oakley Group. So, yeah. And right now it's just the the two of us and we're growing again. We had, a you know, a couple agents and 
you know, they grow and that's part of the whole system, right? They grow, they move on, and then you bring on new people and it's all, all in collaboration. And that's something that we talk about a lot on the podcast, because I feel like we take a very different approach on teams. Like we're moving away from the traditional model of like, we don't want you to stay on our team forever. Like we want you to be able to gain knowledge and build up your own team, stay in our, you know, Phillips team world. And we're going to branch out and have you start your own team. Like we want you to have autonomy and we don't, you know, make our agents put everything of us on all of the things they do. Like they still have autonomy and building up their brand because they have a different sphere of influence than we do. Like they don't know who the hell Johnny and Lizzie Phillips are. Like they know their friend. And so we want them to have that association with their friend. Definitely. Yeah. And, and also, uh, the, I've been doing this. So like almost third, this is my 13th year in real estate, just in general. Wow. Yeah. Lucky number 13. <laughs> but the, <laughs> uh, the, the great thing about it is you really do get to know people. Real estate. I mean, DC is already a small, it's only 10 miles square. Uh, but if right. you really think about it, you know, you really get to know fellow agents, the, the ones that really produce. And oh, so sure. having yep. a good working relationship with them, they could have been in the team in the past. Sure. You know, and you you might run across each other. So it's very important to keep good working relationships with other agents. hundred percent. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, I don't want to get too far into that, but all right, we'll we'll hold off on that. We'll We'll take it. We'll take it in order here. So talk to us about the DC market. Um, average price point. I noticed that you had a, a lot of over a million dollar sales. And I'm like, man, living the that's dream DC over there. there. Yeah. Okay, that's what I need is some million dollar sales. Um, and did you see the pandemic affect real estate in DC? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So our average sales price in DC is around 635000 640. So it's already an expensive marketplace. So of course... Mm-hmm. Uh, for six, the average, let's say, if you want to live in downtown DC, that's inclusive of DC, Maryland, Virginia. Right. Uh, but the, if you want to live in downtown DC, that'll buy you a really nice two bedroom condo. And that's, that's the truth. <laughs> well, yeah. so Johnny's brother yeah. lives up in DC actually. Mm-hmm. And he's him and his fiance have just been like Zillow browsing and they send us listings all the time. And we're like, dear God. God, I mean, I I can't imagine spending that much for that little, but I mean, what you could get here for $600,000. I mean, you could could live on the lake (laughs) almost. So that's, that's the average sales price and it is more expensive. And at the same time, you have to think about what this job marketplace looks like too. What is, Mm -hmm. what is done here, right? Money is literally made here. So it's sure. like, you know, <laughs> the, the, uh, a lot of the highest salaries that people end up making in their whole lives are here in the federal government yeah. because, yeah. you know, the, the SCSs of the world as senior executive service, the mm-hmm. top end of the GS pay scale, the goal of most people's career, their capstone of their job before they retire is often in DC. Sure. Um, sure. And, or in one of the larger metropolitan areas, kind of like New York or Chicago or LA, uh, so a single family home obviously is much more money and, uh, you know, in ter- and your, your second question was like, how was the pandemic affected oh, the, pan- the candy, yeah. the pandemic, <laughs> our favorite yes. thing. Ah, uh, love it every day. Uh, so <laughs> honestly, in a personal way, I was worried about being a small business owner, right? Sure. Uh, first, and then 
thinking of, okay, well, I'm glad I started a, a S corp. I have my own corporation so that I'm an employee of the Oakley group so that, you know, that's a whole nother business angle we could talk about. Oh, but, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I definitely recommend it because you can, there's a lot of ways that you can still pay yourself a livable wage in times of trouble. Um, you know, you never know when the market will take a dip or what you might not oh, have. Absolutely. You're only as good as your next sale. And I've always that's lived great by advice. that. Mm-hmm. I've always yeah. lived by that, that you never know what could happen. Um, but in terms of the pandemic, the pandemic in DC specifically in the district revolved around people wanting actual green space, wanting to be outside and wanting not to be around right. other people. Mm-hmm. And if you think about how dense DC, again, being 10 miles square, <laughs> you know, you can drive from one end to DC to the other without traffic in about 20, 25 minutes. Okay. The entire city and uh, the most of the housing stock is pretty densely populated. Mm-hmm. They're either attached row houses, which is you're lucky because you might have some semblance of a patio or a yard. Yeah, sure. You might or or you're in some of these mid rise buildings. DC has a, a a height cap on it that you cannot build above a certain point. You know, it can't be taller than the the monument and the the dome. So, uh, you know, you might be on the fifth floor of this building surrounded by a bunch of other people. And the the thing is, people won't wanted to move out of that space. And obviously when you move out of something like that, you're not going to buy another condominium. You're right, going to exactly. want to, you're going to want to buy a home or you're going to, with a yard, you're going to want to move out to an area where you have more space. And the idea is shaping the entire business industry, you know, downtown, the central business district of DC is completely decimated. There's, uh, and it was for the, last year and a half, people aren't going back to work because they don't have to. So all of these high-end commercial rentals with, with some of these really big buildings, I mean, we're talking millions of square feet that is downtown that have sat vacant when, or minimal amount of people and the businesses that cater to those needs, you know, the people are realizing that, well, I can do my job from home all the time, hundred percent remote. And so why would I want to live around other people? And so if they can live with something with a view or some yard, or maybe it's in a, in a great school district for their children when they do go back to school, then, you know, they're, they're, they're weighing their options there. And so that was really reflective of, of the pandemic here. So are you seeing um, these more dense areas just becoming vacant? Are there a lot of empty apartments or, or condos now? There's not, there's, there's been a, it, it, as fast as it went that way, it's kind of coming back, right? I think sure. since we are entering a period with the pandemic and, you know, I always pride myself on living in D.C. that's young, long and I've never worked in politics. I'm not a very, I don't like to talk about politics. <laughs> yeah, we don't do politics. <laughs> yeah, money is green, not red or blue. That's exactly uh, right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's we live and work in a customer service-based industry and everybody deserves the same treatment. Uh, the, the thing about the, the vaccine is becoming more, I mean, the, the pandemic becoming more of an endemic, you know, the people saying like, oh, it could become just like another common cold or like a, something, you know, just like, if you want to take a flu shot every year, you go get a flu shot. That's going to kind of turn in the same way. That's what people are saying. A lot of people are feeling a little bit more comfortable being around other people. And so that's reflective in what, what's happening right now, but still the, 
the condo market is a little soft in the district. It's longer days on the market, uh, more equitable buying power between buyer and seller. So we're seeing, you know, more conversations about repairs being done. There's not a runaway, you know, six offers on one property in 24 hours, which used to happen. Um, I, I believe it. Wow. That's how I feel like that's how we are here. That's our market. Yeah, that's how we yeah. are. hundred percent. And I'm sure you're seeing the same thing. Yeah, I bet with the condos as well, that's like a good starter. And a lot of millennials are trying to get their hands on any real estate that they can. And that's about what they can afford. So I'm sure you're seeing more millennials come into the condos and, and stuff. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's always been that way, but I bet even more so that's who's buying those up. You're exactly right. And also the the piggyback on that is that when you put your toe into the real estate waters, the market, uh, you know, I did that. I bought a, a rental um uh, a condo that I lived in and that I now rent out. And, uh, you know, they say it's the fastest way to build personal wealth over time. And so when you do that, when you do that, you know, my husband and I bought this home, but it's literally like an eight minute drive to the condo. And, and what we're doing is trying to round out our entire portfolio of, of, um, you know, adding that extra leg on a stool of your investment. Like every time you buy something new, you're just going to keep what you had. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm always, I mean, I think we're, my, my tenant actually wants to buy my condo. She's a millennial. So there you go. That's fitting in the whole narrative. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're in talks with that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it was my first property they ever owned and you, you never forget your first, right? So oh, yeah. that's kind of, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the way it goes with that. Uh, but I know she'll, she'll, probably get as much or more of the benefits that I've had. Mm-hmm. And uh, because interest rates, if you, and we can talk about other things too, if this is, if I'm, you want to move on no, to a different topic. No, this go, is go. perfect. We love rates, just where the conversation goes. I mean, interest rate is, you know, yes, they, they were a little bit lower last year. Right. And Jerome Powell. But they're still historically out. low. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Jerome Powell kind of shook up the, the, uh, the marketplace, the the stock market, and kind of you know a lot of the big banks and the the mm-hmm. lending institutions really took that to heart. And what he said about you know restabilizing the and slowing down right. hyperinflation because we're over six percent hyperinflation this year. So we're we're yeah. and last it, it has been building, but um, now we're in a place now where interest rates are three and a half, three three and a quarter still really low the historical average 30-year average is over eight percent i know that's I mean, crazy exactly. yeah and you, you think about your parents buying so a house. yeah right like 13 percent. my that's dad talks crazy. about it all the time yeah okay i had a question in my head just now and i just blanked on it that's okay. <laughs> all right okay. sorry jesse i'm like oh my gosh um okay so next on our list is um something that we talk about a lot on our Mm -hmm. podcast. Um, So this is designed for new agents or agents who are ready to ramp up their production. Um, Talk to us about lead generating. Obviously, you're doing something right if you're generating million-dollar listings, okay? (laughs) Tell us what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) I want to (laughs) know. Well, I don't know if I'm doing everything right. I think if you you think that in any sort of field then you've, you've not mastered the field, I don't think. If you think you're doing everything right, there's always something. Yeah. Right. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, it's hard to, like, you you wake up and I literally have, I wonder if I can get this off the wall. 
I have this. <laughs> I have this mantra with me. I have two mantras, work from the heart and with passion, right? This is me every day and I ripped it off the wall, but there you go. Uh, work from the heart and have passion in what you do or else mm. the, you're not gonna, you're not going to succeed. So uh, like I'm speaking to a new agent, right? When an agent yeah. wants to join the team and I've interviewed them, I, I ask them simple questions like, okay, well, um, who, who is what you consider a sphere? Do you know what a sphere is? Have you thought mm -hmm. about how, how you want to be portrayed in front of other people? How do you portray yourself in other, in front of other people? Because every day, and if you talk with conviction, people will listen. Listen and to you, man. <laughs> I mean, that's because I, I love it. You have to speak and living in DC, I've had to learn to speak truth to power. That's the truth. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of really talented, really smart, hyper-motivated, overworked, I might add, people mm -hmm. in this, this city sure. that, that do not have, and they're educated consumers and they know, and they know when you're lying. So you cannot, you have to take things and you could say, you know, let me get back to you. I don't know. That's the, oh, that's the best yeah. thing to say. Oh, we Don't tell our agents. Anybody. Yeah. yeah, we tell them that mm -hmm. all the time. Like one of Do my not. agents was on a listing appointment and I was like, if you don't know the answer, just say, you know what? I'm not quite sure. Let me talk to Lizzie about that and I'll get back with you. No I'll one's going to ever right be like, yeah. how do you not know the answer to this? No, they're going to applaud you for trying to get the right answer. And also, and if you follow back up with them in a reasonable time and like quickly, People expect things very fast in this day oh, and age. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if you follow back up, it shows initiative and people respect that. Mm -hmm. So I think and you can't you know, teach doing motivation. What you said. Yeah. No, you can't. No, you cannot teach it. <laughs> and, and that's something that I see a lot in this business is I see a lot of people who want to do it, but don't necessarily have the motivation to make it. And, and we talk it's a lot about it. It's not just opening the, doors. And seeing pretty no. things. No. Oh my goodness. No. But being pretty helps. I believe that. <laughs> I really do. Uh, that's why we keep her around. Okay. She's the Thanks. face on all our signs. No brains. <laughs> my hope is that people's eyesight starts to go bad just as fast as my own. <laughs> and then it won't matter. Right? Oh my gosh. As a new agent, I think, you know, I always ask, what's your motivation? What is that, that whole motivation is, if you don't have it, it's like a house without a foundation. You have to be motivated. I can't teach that. I can't teach somebody that want you. You have to, that's that hunger that people talk about. Sure. You know, yeah, once, yeah. You're, once you're hungry, you'll understand. And if you haven't been <laughs> hungry, then this, this industry will teach it to you quick and fast. Oh, right? it will. It will. <laughs> you get humbled real fast when you're not finding anybody. What is your like favorite and least favorite type of lead generation? Like if you have hey. to say it and on top of that, like what, even if you hate it, like what is the best? <laughs> For real. Um, I hate cold calling. Yep. Sure. I think that's fair. yeah. I think everybody hates cold calling. I, yeah. I was about to say, who does? In the beginning, really For sure. likes that. No yeah. Doubt. And that's what you're doing in the beginning. I think mm -hmm. um, it's better to understand rejection at the beginning and doing that. Sure. And I, you know, I've heard it said that no is just no, not right now. You know, it's, it's okay. You know, no is not just like a stone cold, 
I'm slamming this door in your face. It doesn't have to be that way. Well, and I tell our agents all the time, I'm like, you know, you're already have a no right now. Before talking to this person, it's a no. The only thing that could change is it could go to a yes. So it's already a no. It could stay a no. There's nothing worse than it still being a no. <laughs> as long as you're in their thoughts, at least a couple of times, because people, exactly, you know, is there's visual people and there's auditory people and then there's written people, right? There's people that understand by seeing. Sure. And reading. Uh, that's just, you just touched one of their, their senses. So right. if you're really trying to get into this business and know the different components of it, it's, and I'm obviously no expert, but you know, I've seen people not make it. I've seen people that have sort of made it for five, seven years. I've seen people that have really done wonderfully in the first year. It's there's really no A plus B will always equal C. Right. But the lead jetting cold calling, learning that there is rejection in the world is something you should learn at the beginning, not towards the end. Uh, and yeah. so that's, I hate doing that. I don't do it as much anymore. I want to say, uh, 80% of my business is referral business. Oh, that's the nice. Others, yeah. And I think that's just from being around long enough. And I think people, you really, the, the thing is, uh, I always tell people, I tell people two things. One is I've never sold a property. I wouldn't buy myself. And that's true. Wow. And I sleep like a baby at night. I mean it. I tell everybody right. that. That's if fantastic. If I don't think it's a good yeah. investment, I'll tell them it's not a good investment. Oh, Oh, 100%. Absolutely. 100%. I could be a higher volume producer by just letting them make the call. But if they, and it, what that does is establishes trust. And mm, with trust, absolutely. you want people to understand that you're in their corner and that, you know, he'll do it again. So that's repeat business for you. Exactly. And isn't that our job? Like you said, it's, just, we're, it's a customer service business. And mm -hmm. if you don't, you know, respect your customer and try to help them, why would they come back to you? Why would you get that repeat business? Yeah. So. And, and to let them feel listened to. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, I've, I've gotten to know, and this is like just, I know this skews more towards buyers, but it's truly for sellers too. That they, they feel that they're being heard that, you know, their experience in real estate matters because a lot of people have bought and sold before. And also, you know, knowing your own, when I say sphere, it's like, yes, there's your personal sphere, but do you know what's going on in your area? Do you know sure. what's happening? Yeah. You know, so knowing the people, you know, the, the personality types, the industry that's happening in DC, um, you know, the great resignation, right? That's the great reshuffle. That is a huge part of the DC experience right now. Absolutely. Um, you know, knowing that and being educated in that space is so important to being able to relate to people on a real estate basis as your as their representative. Yeah. I mean, knowing your market is so important. You don't want to just not know anything about the town or what's happening. Because you can't help your client. Yeah. It's that like, way. did you just drop from a bird yesterday? You should know this yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and now yeah. that leads me into a question I had for you is how did you develop your spear? All right. You moved. It's got to be a good thousand miles away, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Far. How, how did you build, build your spear, man? Uh, my spear. So uh, I think truly 
it was, I had worked in another industry, but kept in touch with people. Sure. Uh, you never know who could be your next client. Yeah, definitely. And you need to keep that. You need to keep the, the, the industry in the front of your brain every time you have a conversation with somebody. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. I just got reached out to, uh, we, we just got dinged by. A, <laughs> I saw, I'm like, what is this message? Was that for that? Was that for that place in Chateau Alain? Oh, I wish. My We've God. gotten a I lot saw, of hits on that. I though. saw somebody commenting on it. And I was like, ah, see, that's what is this right there? <laughs> 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 the contact. You know, there, there's so many different yes. ways. Yeah. I mean, someone's going to steal that house. I would. I would love to do it. Okay. I think that house could get flipped, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So I got ding. I got. Uh, hit up by a teacher that I taught with almost 12 or 13 years ago um, that I haven't talked to since. And she was like, hey, I've been watching you. I know that you're, you're doing great things. So I want you to help me sell my house. I'm like, okay, count me in. Sorry. Oh and now I'm yeah. looking at your cat. I know, I'm like, getting that. <laughs> Isn't she a darling little cat? She so is. Cute. I love it. Love you also it. see like, these are files stacked this high next to me. I'm just constantly in the move. Uh, oh my goodness! You should but, see the files stacked on our desk over there. Yeah, yeah. we just keep it nice a, and pretty. I'm a right piler. Johnny hates it. it. I do. I really do. It's okay. Yeah. It's all okay. Still <laughs> gets done. Uh, so in speaking to like the 12 years, right? That seems like a long time. But you, your your digital fingerprint, and also your the way that you interact with people on a daily basis, people will remember. Absolutely. So for new agents, people, like really, you know, be kind to other people because it's don't be a dick. Right. And, no. <laughs> and listen, you don't want to be known as that person. No. no. People remember how you make them feel. And I think yeah. that's important. Yeah. Um, so definitely. For sure. Yeah. Be nice to people. I think that's be smart. nice. <laughs> I mean, you can be a bulldog in the negotiating period, but you know, for instance, I always tell agents, like if I'm on the the buying or selling side, either one. I'd say, you know, I pride myself on being a good cooperating agent. If we're under contract, we're going to figure this out together. Well, exactly. Well, you are. You are cooperating. I, you are working I'm still together representing to get to the, the interests. Table. Right. I'm inter I'm representing the interests mm -hmm. of my client, but at the same time, like I'm, I'm not trying to sabotage you in any way. No, yeah. no. I, I went in this thinking that negotiating was fighting with people. And it took me a long time to figure out that it, that's not what it is. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I harp on him all the time. Like, just be nice to the other agent. I'm getting better. He, he's getting so much better. <laughs> like, I used to get on to him so much. I'm like, stop being such a jerk about it. Like, you're, you have to learn it though. It happens to everyone in this industry. And it's not... It's not that making them look bad is going to help you in any way. It's the, it's sure. the, the quite a, honestly, the opposite. Mm -hmm. um, yep. yep. And like you said, you never know who you're going to work with again. So you don't want to burn that bridge. Yeah. Or like if you need, if you put an offer in on their listing next time, they're gonna be like, I'm not working with you. For real. You know, tell my client not yeah. to accept that offer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. You didn't get a right. returned email from the last person I yelled at, right? Yeah. Or a, that was a, Long response time. <laughs> so what does a day in the office look like for you? It, are you working solely from this office here? I do in, have in an home? office downtown. Uh, mm -hmm. I've converted this back bedroom that's it's always been a work in progress. You'll see that this, these new doors have not been painted yet. But I, um, I noticed that. They look great. 
Yeah. Well, he only noticed it. (laughs) He only noticed it because we live in a 30, almost 30 year old house and there are doors that they did not paint that have been here since the origins of this house. But Lizzie did. (laughs) Two years into this house, Lizzie painted I finally was like, I'm painting this door. (laughs) Well, we we did get these redone. um, But yes, this is the back bedroom. We've never used it really. So this is... Fortunately, so I went door knocking and I bought this house. I literally said, that's my listing. That's my listing. This went this much over. That went that much over. That's my number and the sign. And I, I closed the door before she could respond to me. No way. Because I wanted her <laughs> to feel the bite, but not the bitter. <laughs> wow. And she, that, she came back. She's like, no, come back in, come back in. And I walked in and I was like, I couldn't see the floor type. The walls had, it was, there was a chandelier that was like this low, you had to move around. This house was full <laughs> of stuff, uh, but it's a, it's a three bedroom row house um, in a really up and coming, lovely neighborhood. And it has a side yard and has this extra lot with it. In the middle of DC, I am, what? Shut up. I am three miles from the Capitol Dome. Um, straight shot. That's Evan used incredible. to walk to work when he was on the hill. And that was really interesting when he worked on the hill during uh, the insurrection because we could hear it from our backyard. That's terrifying. Yeah. But anyway, so we, you know, we bought it for a certain price. And I told her, I was like, I'll list it for this. I'll buy it for this. And they were different in terms of the price. But I I explained everything, you know, seller net sheets and everything. I laid it all out for her and let, let her make the informed decision. And uh, that's how it that. worked that's out. Fantastic. We've been working on it for years. We've new kitchens, new baths, new floors, new walls, new doors. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's it appraised for 235000 more. So there's like all this Shut different. Up. But that's yes. amazing. Like if I'm not, I'm in the business of helping people buy and sell. So when this happened, this was kind of a fluke. So. Well. I think it's fantastic. And I love your script. That's what I'm going to start doing. All right. <laughs> I, that's my sign. Script I'm going to is close a big your door thing now. for new agents. Right. <laughs> right. It's it like, is a big yeah, thing. Yeah, you, you have them feel the bite. They know my art, my information already. They don't have to hear the whole spiel. You right. don't, you don't uh, give the milk away or give the cow without the milk, right? So you want to show the cow but not give all the milk away. So Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, all right. Sense. So... What was some of the best advice you were given when you first got started? Don't do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Whatever you do, started, Yeah. No, when I first started, uh, it was a financial, a financial advice was probably the best. An agent said, make sure you pay your taxes first. Amen to always, that. Always pay Uncle Sam first. Uh, or your municipality or state. Sure. No, yeah. you're absolutely right. Uh, I've heard that so many and times. And always save. And it was more like, and I'm a numbers guy. I'm, I've turned into that. You know, properties will sell themselves. If a, if a client likes it, they like it. Sure. Yeah. Um, what are my responsibility as an agent, I feel, is making sure that the numbers are comfortable and make sense to the client, that there's nothing that is a surprise. And that I can control, you know, a, yeah. a toilet could fall through the ceiling into the first sure. level. I can't yeah. control that, but I can't control, you know, okay, 
this is going to be your experience. The years, the setting of expectations. This is what this will look like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people feel comforted by that because they, they've never done this before. 60% of my clients are first time buyers. So how closely do you work with the numbers as far as uh, the mortgage and the lending? Do you go over that with them or do you just leave that in the lane of the I, lender? I let it with the lender and I say, I can be on the call if you'd like. And then mm-hmm. oftentimes the lenders, I, you know, I work with a few that I really like and trust. Right. Uh, but they can go with whomever. I mean, that's their choice. Of course. Um, but I always say, you know, if you'd like me on the call and and your lender feels comfortable, if it, I don't know them on the call, then I'd be glad to. And I can give you kind of layman terms what that's going to mean for you. Smart, smart. Yeah. yeah, I've never done that, but I probably should because you're right. You know, it takes a lot of the uh, surprise out of it. You know, we mm-hmm. don't want them getting to the closing table and it, you know, it's 500 more a month than they thought it was going to be. That's yeah, going to be a problem. Terrifying. That would terrify me. <laughs> I mean, I, I think just like, what would I do, right? And I'm an anxious, yeah. you know, busy, running around, drinking sure. coffee all day kind of person. But, <laughs> you know, you get kind of like, oh gosh, I have to make sure that I'm, if I'm comfortable with this, my client should be too. One thing that I've really started doing for my listings is, you know, as we're going through multiple offers, it's pretty much all of our listings are getting multiple offers. So you really have to work the numbers and figure out, okay, what's the net of each of these different offers. And I've been making sure to get like, give me the payout for your mortgage. So we know exactly. I mean, I, I've pretty much predicted within a couple hundred dollars, how much sure. you're going to be walking away with. That's great. And that Good is amazing. It's, I've just noticed a big difference in my clients. It puts them at ease. And, and when they see dollars, they're like, Oh heck yeah, I'm going to make this much money off this house. Like, they get even more excited at that yes. point when you're showing them, hey, your commission was worth it. Like you put your commission, you know, our commission is put on there as well. They see how much they're paying for it, but they also mm-hmm. see what the bottom line is. They don't care at all about the right. commission at that point. Right. And, it's and just really the cost do- of the sale, the cost of transaction. Exactly. Sure. And you do need to double check those numbers. Um, I had a, a recent client that told me what her payoff was going to be. Turned out she was $15,000 off. So she came out $15,000 lower than she thought. And I'm like, listen, I'm sorry, but... I mean, we did not have the accurate numbers to start with. So let's double check those. So yeah, making sure we ask for them to pull their most recent mortgage statement is something we've started Mm -hmm. doing. Definitely. Yeah, Um, for sure. What advice would you give someone who wanted to get started? Oh, right. I totally went on a diatribe. So No, this is is what we always do on the pod. Don't worry. Okay. (laughs) So uh, being a numbers guy, that's what I was talking about, right? right? For advice. So with advice... Obviously, I was told by a really seasoned Washington agent a long time ago, put 30% of your your earnings, your commissions, automatically into a separate account that you don't really touch. Sure. And, yep. and just keep it away every single commission, 30%. And if you, um, and honestly, right now, I would want it to be making money. So I would tell whoever's on my team, get, get one of those high yield savings accounts. It's like 0.5% exactly. a year. It's exactly what it we do in there. Yep. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I would sure. tell them that I would say, don't be afraid of rejection. Um, you know, come shopping with me. Let's get one nice like piece of clothing that you really, really like and feel comfortable in. And, oh, and that's yeah. smart. That's really smart. We've heard Let's, that. We've heard that said before. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, make sure you have a car. You have to like. <laughs> I know in Georgia you have to have a car. Yeah. Right? And and DC a lot of people don't have auto. You have to have a car to sell real estate. 
in DC. Yeah. A lot of people don't Do you own drive a clients? Oh yeah. Do you really? See, that's thing so different than here. We like don't do we that never anymore. drive clients. Mm-mm. I wish I didn't have to do that. Yeah. But you know, the that's the that's the way DC is, right? There's yep. you know, there's only so much parking. There's you know, a lot of people there's the yes. metro that's wonderful at well, when it works, but in you know, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Like when you're going to see a listing in DC that like you're not guaranteed parking, like you may have to park far away just to see the listing. No. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things we don't think about. We're very lucky. We just pull up in the driveway. <laughs> and, and you could have, you have to pay for parking there, yeah. right? Like if you have a yeah. car, you have to pay to park it somewhere. Oh yeah. Jeez. Wow, I didn't even think of well, that. Well, we, have, really a, we have a, a little driveway actually that we built. Excellent. In the Excellent. side nice. so I do have off street parking here. <laughs> but, that you know, parking spot very valuable. We it know. is. It really <laughs> is. Yeah, I mean, parking spots in downtown DC could go for forty five to seventy five thousand, depending on the spot location. <laughs> Just the spot, dude. Yeah, That's you, you need to start building garages. That's what you need to start doing, man. All Some right, of the wealthiest garages. people in DC are just people that have like a big parking lot that they've inherited that's colonial sure, yeah. parking or something rents out from that. Wow. I love it. That's I love crazy. it. So what are your goals look like for 2022? So last year I did around 20 million in volume. This year I want to do, I well, I, I want to pick on a, pick up a buyer's agent. And I, I want somebody that has a little bit of experience. Like I, I, yeah. Right now we have, I have 10 buyers and seven listings that are going to be coming up in the next month. That's fantastic. And uh, I'm very busy. I mean, I, the, I do a lot of uh, business planning from starting in November the previous year till like right around now. Um, It involves a lot of nights being in here, just scribbling on stuff and you know, but, beautiful mind. Remember that movie, Beautiful Mind? That's kind of like, <laughs> but uh, and just talking to people and you know, asking their concerns and what they're thinking about for the next year. I think, right? You know, that's what it is. So that's what all this business planning has been. Um, so buyer's agent. I want to get a marketing person that I'm going to be doing like TikTok and stuff. Okay. I sound like okay. I sound old and I have to figure out TikTok. <laughs> I'm gonna be doing the TikTok. To do it. Right. <laughs> and I'm gonna do it. Um and my goal is roughly between 30 and 35 million in volume. Yes, awesome. sir. So, so that is a very lofty goal for one person and a small team. Uh, because I think my father is going to fully retire here. Uh, because my mother's fully retiring here pretty soon. Right. So I think they're gonna try to enjoy themselves, which they should. Absolutely. Uh, so we're going to be uh, kind of revving up. And I'm also, I'm establishing relationships with like a really good property management multi-housing mm-hmm. firm that I'm really good friends with, like one of the heads of. And so we're going to, we're going to see what we could do. So it's kind of exciting. Yes. That's so yeah. cool. It's a lot of work. I, a lot of work. It is. It is. But I think it's important to point out that you do need to business plan. I don't think that Every agent thinks about that. You are a business owner. You need to set goals and you need to know where you're headed. Otherwise, what are you doing? You have no idea where you're going to end up. I think in years past too, I've been so afraid to set a goal because I'm like, oh my God, if I don't hit it, then I'm just like useless. I'm like, if I even come close to the goals that we set like this year, we're going to be doing incredible. So I think it's so important. Like, don't be afraid of setting big goals, like even things that are scary. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. But like at the end of the day, you're like, well, I didn't quite meet 35 million, but man, I did another nine more than last year. Like, right? like exactly. That's amazing. Nine million. <laughs> exactly. And I helped like, I helped 26 families last year. I'm hoping to do like 35. Maybe that'll be the number. 35 is the number. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I like, it, this is really a people business as much as it is property. Mm-hmm. So it is. It is. Completely. Well, cool. So we kind of always like to wrap it up and we ask like a random question and we literally never prepare ahead of time no, what okay. our random question is going to be. All so right. we literally think of it always on the spot. Did you think of anything ahead of time today? No. no. I know. So we always do it like very last minute. We're like, oh, this just came to my mind. Okay. I have a good question that Go. it's really more just for you because we could probably answer it, but nobody cares about Gainesville, Georgia. It's true. What is your favorite restaurant in DC? If you Ooh, could pick one, that's good. Ooh, just mildly because we're uh, trying to come up there <laughs> this year, so I want to have the best. Hey, we could meet. We could become uh, obviously we're referral partners. So, Heck, right? yeah. let's make it a working lunch or dinner. Right, it's a business I expense love it. trip. It's a business expense. <laughs> uh, let's see one place. All right, so. Um, Everybody loves Le Diplomat. It's a big French restaurant. I, I mean, yeah. it's great. It's great. But I've actually I, been there. It's lovely. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's my favorite though. I. Mm. Um, oh gosh, Evan is such a big foodie, and we go to some beautiful places. <laughs> beautiful places. Okay, what did we go to? Um, well, I love that too. This is such a good, <laughs> all right. I'm gonna give you three. I'll just okay, really that's fine. No three. worries. That's good. That's good. There's an amazing uh Indian restaurant. Oh, I love at, Indian in my neighborhood. Uh, where I live in the H Street Trinidad neighborhood of DC, Northeast DC, right near okay. Goliath University and Union Market and Union Station, all that area. Yeah, um, okay. Um, it's called Daru and it's really, really good. They're really going after a Michelin star, I can tell. Um, there's also, there's also, uh, the Dabney, which is a really good restaurant. That's, um, kind of new, new American. They have a Michelin star. They're really good. Oh, okay. And, uh, see, this is what happens like when you, so obviously two gay men, right? We don't have children. We have two cats, two (laughs) two overweight cats. So we like to go out to eat. Like we have like, yes. you know, I mean. We you know, envy you. We never real. go out. I mean, that's what people ask me all the time. You guys can have children? It's like, no, we're too selfish. No, but we just, we like, you know. Smart. But it's kind of hard Smart. to schedule everything. And, but anyway, uh-huh. uh, I would say those two, uh, you know, there's also like this, you know, out in Virginia, there's some really good places that sells like the the real original like Peking duck that they slice like right off of oh, it. It's amazing. Oh, there's such good really? food. There's wonderful Ethiopian food. Oh my gosh. Ooh, yeah. But some of the best, I mean, really, really great places. There's a really great See? Irish um, uh, pub down the street that sells really good wings. There's like stuff everywhere that's good. DC has really turned into a, uh, a really great food scene in the last... I would say five years. I'm, I'm so jealous because here we have like three restaurants, like total right here. Where well, so I haven't been back. <laughs> I haven't been back in a very long time. Uh, so I don't even know what's there anymore. 
Dude. I mean, I'm sure it's way better than when you still lived here, but it's still sad. Like we went to a really nice restaurant on Friday and like, I didn't really admit this to Johnny, but it was good. But I was like, mm, it's just, just missing something. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you should come back and visit because. I would love uh, to. They've, they've demoed the old First National Bank and they're putting up high rises there. Oh, wow. Like the square, the square is popping yeah. now. I will say, I will give Gainesville that. The square is like, they're they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Oh, it's, that's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It's, I mean, I could go on. The uh, bridge to nowhere now has somewhere to go. Yeah. Uh, is yeah. Long Street Cafe still open? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. They'll never go out of business. Some of the best breakfasts. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it is. It well, is. But I was still yeah. thin then. I could eat stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 2022 is my year. I'm getting back into shape this year. Okay, it's happening. Me too. Yeah. Sounds mm-hmm. good. Uh, oh, yeah. So, okay. Where would you live if it wasn't D.C.? I would live in Chicago again. I love Chicago. I think really? Chicago's full of lovely people, nice people. Um, it's very pretty. It's very cold, but it's also very pretty. So I love yeah, Chicago. Yeah. And I, I would probably move back to Atlanta. I live in Atlanta just to be close to my my new nephew and my brother. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, his name's Julian. And he's like, I guess, six months old now. Six months old. Still a baby, Aww. baby. Yeah. Yes. And he's the sweetest, you know. That's so fun. That, that is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for being Jessie, on. We so we've been following I you hope on I didn't Facebook. On. And, no, this is exactly <laughs> what we want the no. conversation to flow where it goes. But yeah, so I guess I'm gonna go ahead and do my weird sign off that you'll get to hear. And, now. And I apologize for this in advance. Bye.